up? Great, um, great little break in bit in the pod last week. Oh, the really enjoyed it. I had to do something. <laughs> I don't understand why we both thought that album existed. It doesn't exist. But I, I swore I, li- I must have listened to like two of the singles that they released this year. But I was like, I swore I listened to more than one track. I'm, sh- I'm sure that was an album too. Anyway, yeah. <sighs> All right. Music, 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 as you would say. <laughs> now the beat goes on. Tripping balls. Three, two, seven. So you know how I said last week was, you know, a little bit, you know. Well, this week is like, yeah. A little bit, wee, a little bit, wee. Disagree. Uh, okay. Let's I, go. I thought you would because, so do the New Zealand version of the chats uh, shape up? as that style of music. Did you enjoy it as much as you enjoyed the chats? Yes, absolutely. But what I liked about what I liked about the Darts album is the authenticity they brought to it. Now, the chats, the criticism that was always leveled at the chats, and it's still leveled at the chats, is that they are middle-class kids cosplaying as bogans. There's no doubt that Dads and the boys from, chat, from Darts are living this life, this life of living in shitty flats in Wellington, that are falling apart and giving them all black mould of the lung, but that's okay because they've got solid plans. They've got 24 beers and two free hands, which is a lovely line and feels a lot like Deja Voodoo from, from about 20 years ago. Um, I mean, Dan's can't sing. He can, he can draw cartoons. He can't really sing, although he does, he does, does a pretty... Uh, to be fair, I think the vocal- what he does in the final track is actually rather lovely. Um, the song about, you know, social anxiety, being stuck at a party, and all he really wants to do is pat a dog. And there's no dogs at the party, man, and that's rough. Um, but the ginger cunt from the cats can't sing either, so I think that, that's a, that's not a problem. I was going to say that the, the vocals works well for the music. I yeah. think. Um, there's certainly more overt socio-political satire in this, which might not translate to to a, an Australian audience. Like sort of pray for pray, which is largely about Brian Tamaki, who's one of those kind of evangelical. You know, praise the Lord and pass the collection plate, American-style tele-evangelists who, who praise on poor people from primarily Maori and Pacific backgrounds and rips them off and promises them all kinds of shit and also just spouts. So he's like a halfway between Brian Houston and, and, and Fred Nile because he's, he's like blaming earthquakes on gay people and very anti the, the lockdowns and all that kind of shit. So he's a complete piece of shit. Having a song specifically about him, that's not the sort of thing the chats would do. Um... My favourite track on the album, and it was when it was a single, is One Out's Captain Cook. Um, just the idea of them just going around fucking up Captain Cook statues. Honey, my motherfucker. You wig wearing cuck. Um, I just I just love the shit out of that song. It just made me laugh. This is just firmly in the bucket of not for me, so I probably shouldn't talk about it. Like, I thought musically the band was solid as. It's just, I just don't really dig that style. So, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I dug the authenticity. Like I really felt like this was this was a lived experience. It felt a little bit like that um, that first Arctic Monkeys album, where they were singing a bit, largely about you know getting thrown out of horrible pubs in Sheffield, and you know just just the minutiae of the life experience, the day to day, and part of it, you know, part of it, not just the, the the heroism of being out on the piss, but also the kind of the grim and the dark parts of that, the mental health issues and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I thought this had a little bit more depth than um, the chats would, for example. Uh, 
I, ha- I have to say, like, lyrically and content-wise, it reminded me more of Fiddler than the Chats. No, it's probably more Not Friends of Rum for mine. But- yeah, yeah. Like you said, it was a little bit more real than the Chats, I guess. Yep. Um, all right. Well, Daisy? Let's talk about Daisy. This is more of the same from Daisy. I mean, they did a, a, a singles compilation of... of- Delightful sort of helium light power pop with beautiful melodies and, and fuzzy guitars and sing-along choruses and all that sort of stuff. And this is a, a coherent album of exactly that. It does exactly what it says on the label. Well, what it says on the label, it'll be out of body. Um, it's not really an out-of-body experience. It's an extremely consistent and extremely well-executed um, power pop album. Um, it is extremely 1995 indie pop rock. Yeah, <laughs> that was my that was my notes. It's like, which 1995 band does this remind me of the most? And the answer is yes, all of them. Yes, all of them. Even the even the way the uh, like, I, I quite like the effect of the vocal in the back of the mix, like yeah. not right out front sometimes. But this one just did not work for me. It's just like I was like, I, I actually would like to hear you sing a bit more, please. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This just struck me as it, it just gave me that feeling of it was fine to listen to, and I got to the end and went, "It's another one of those ones where I was like, I cannot name a single song that grabbed me through the whole thing. Like, it wasn't bad, perfectly competent, but just didn't do enough to to twig me onto something else, and it, and didn't even do enough to make me want to go back through and try and grab a song that I thought was the best song out of the album, like. It didn't even do that for me, so yeah, it was okay. I've just realised what's going on this week. It's another one of those. It's the week after Bezos discovered his album of the year, and therefore he's just phoning it in. And <laughs> listen to that all week. <laughs> he's he spent all week listening to fucking Bobby Lee's, and he has been derelict in his album review duty, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but there's not well, actually much, that much uh, more to say about the Daisy album. Um, it's it's as above, so so below, sort of thing. Um, you'll figure out within the first 30 seconds of the first song whether this is your stuff. And if it is, you'll love it. You'll, 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 you'll yeah, think the world that's it. right. Yeah, you'll love the hell out of it. Look, there's, there's probably a whole a whole heap of our contemporaries that would really like this album. Because I, w- I would say, you know, any, anybody who was, you know, anybody who's our age who, who, who banged a lot of Triple J in the late 90s, uh, in the mid to late 90s, will um, would, would really get into this. We should check whether this has been a double J album for a week. Well, it was. Yeah, I was surprised because I thought that, I thought these guys were like, like they were completely obscure. But the reason I knew, knew this album came out uh, was that Pitchfork reviewed it. So I thought, okay, well at least it's got to that level. And they thought they thought reasonably highly. But they got gave it about seven and a half out of ten or something, which is probably about right. I think maybe, maybe I'd mark it higher than you would, but I think that's about right. So, Loyal Karna's album got five stars from The Guardian. Oh, my because God. Because well, they, they that would give it five stars. Stars. That, yes, absolutely. And that explains everything that you need to know about this album. Why can't he do more like the first track? He has got really fucking good flow. And some of the beats are pretty good, but this meandering waffly bullshit style that he likes just drives me up the fucking wall and it, the only reason it drives me up the wall so much I think is because the dude can actually rap really well when he wants to 
but he doesn't want to 80% of the fucking time. It's just infuriating. I reckon there's one really good track and bits of good tracks on other songs, but it was extremely frustrating, this album. Um, it, it's, it's, I don't know whether he's famous enough to not warrant a producer that will say, dude, this would be, you know, you could do some absolute bangers or whether he's just so sad that he doesn't want to do an album of absolute bangers or I I don't know what it is, but I just, I I think the thing that made me have a go at this album is that I actually quite like it when he's on a good flow. I actually like his voice and I like his, his top end flow. But he just loves to just meander around. And, oh, my fucking God, it drives me insane. So you go Jeez. looking for this exact sound in your pop, but when it turns up in your hip-hop, you get upset? Because this is exactly the kind of kind of mournful, yeah. sad, reflective stuff that you go looking yeah, for in your pop, and you, you uh, despise it in, in your hip-hop. I, I just wanted to check that, because that seems, seems very odd yes, to me. Yes, don't. No, no. I, I thought I this was I, really... Really beautifully put together. I actually thought it was the production was really rich and really yes. layered, and they put a lot of time into it. They put a lot of thought into it. Um, there's a different producer who's worked on this compared to his first album. It's a dude called Quez, and there's lots of jazz and piano and bits and pieces. There's a football squad of fucking co-writers and producers who've been involved. I would argue it's a little bit less narcoleptic than his last album. His last album really sent me to sleep. Yeah. Um, would you Would you like to listen to this album as an instrumental? I think I would really enjoy this album as an instrumental. I need to be extremely clear on this. I thought this was a beautiful album. I don't want to ever hear it again. <laughs> but because of his... But I, be- want to, I want to put down that I, I thought it was really... I was impressed and, and respectful of the care that was put into crafting it and particularly the way he's thought out the thought you know the thoughts of the ideas that he wants to put forward um talks about knife crime but not in a way in a kind of a glorifying grime you know kind of way he's he's still mostly writing about his his dad not being there in his his relationship and, and given that he's you know he's a new dad and all that sort of stuff you know as i said in the um in the Interlude in last week's episode. He's on his sad. He's, he's a sad rap guy doing sad rap album. Um, he's not like a wet simp like Drake, but um, he's clearly very much in his feelings and will continue to be. Uh, I respect the hell out of the achievement, and I'm not interested in ever hearing it again. Yeah, he, he's 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 a thoughtful guy. I just and if the I think I probably would have liked the album more if it hadn't been for that first track. But I just really liked the flow on that first track. I just thought. I was just like, oh, this is... If I get five tracks like this, I'm going to be... It doesn't fit the rest of the album, does it? it no. And it, it's, it's, it is... And in Hansel, no. you sort of see it in the concept of the rest of the album, it's like, oh, well, that's definitely just an I'm Angry at My Dad track, and then the rest of it's I'm sad. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. I would I would much rather this to than, than any kind of fucking fake gangster racking stacks and selling yes. drugs. Or even grime that had um, basically sold out to... American R&B beats. Mm. Absolutely. The, the the jazzy sort of, uh, like, he, he really does nail that melancholy backdrop to what he wants to do, but there's just something about where, where he meanders. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm surprised you hated it. I mean, it's, it's not my thing, but it kind of had the things that you like. It had the jazzy production <sighs> and it had the melancholy... Kind of reflective, yeah, but it, it's uh, it's more tones. In fact, there was one or two points that, went, and I was wasn't going to bring this up because I know you'll you'll throw your toys. But one or two points that reminded me of Wild Colonial. 
And he's quit the podcast. Yes, absolutely. But the difference, but <laughs> the difference between this and Wild Colonial is Wild Colonial had a real sort of um, rhythm and and almost Narrative poetry art. to the to the flow. And, and I find his flow after track one just sort of just sort of meanders around. It, it doesn't feel like it's got any purpose. It doesn't. It doesn't even have a sad purpose. It just sort of I don't know waffles. <laughs> It, it it doesn't aim it anywhere, and the thing is, I I think he could do that, but I don't know. Maybe he just sort of raps how he feels, and that's how he feels when he's talking about those lyrics. So you know, I can't really be critical. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's not going to be. I think he's I'll, not going to be fronting a Rage Against the Machine cover band anytime soon. That's just not his thing. No, I I I think because I like his the the stuff that of his that I really like, I really really like, and. I have an expectation that he could pull out an album that would I would really, really like, and this just wasn't it. So, anyway. It needs to go in the SSRIs. Music, 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 music. We move on to another week. Uh, what have you got that is new this week? Uh, I'm going to go for the new album by The Black Angels, who definitely have a new album, unlike the, the all them witches. So, Angels 1, Witches nil. We did their album Death Song, I think it was called, in like 2020, a long time ago, like one of the earlier years of the podcast, and they haven't done anything for a while. I'm going to have a crack, not at Trip Hop, but at an electronic album with one called 11th Orbit by Emancipator. Let's give that a go. I think we're going to get more crystal methodish, maybe a little bit of Tosca vibes. Don't know how much lyrics we're going to get, at least. But I, f- I figure I should. I-, I need to make the effort to try and find some modern electronic music that I like because I'm not having very much luck. So let's give this a crack. I actually found a single today that that was a very good trip hop single for an album that's coming out later this year, and I'm like. God damn! Please don't be that one track on the 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 one track on the um on, on the album that's good with sh- the rest is completely shit because that would make me sad. But we will see, listener. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what's going to happen, isn't it? Um, I just look at, at the Black Angels uh, discography, and it it gives you a headache because all their album covers have got um like magic eye patterns on them, and it, it's quite a lot to look at. But uh, yeah, so we did um, we did Death Song in 2017. Okay, um, have you got a Joker? Do I get the Joker have again? Jo- I've only got give it off. I've got a Joker, but it's a it's a 2021 one, so I don't know whether it qualifies. I mean, Joker is is literally anything that you want it to be. Well, I've got this one by by a band called Dub Garden, which has been cropping up on my. On we've my had Dub War. We've too. got Dub Garden. <laughs> so let's give their 2021 album Spiral a go. Well, given that you hated everything, uh, it's hard to say that, that I won the week. Well, I don't think you lost the week, but I, well, I lost the week by turning up but- by not just picking the fucking Black Keys again. The Black, the Black Keys, the Black Angels, Please? the the Bobby Lees, the the, the White Stripes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right, Doc. I have to say. Very disappointed that we didn't get a Sonos sponsorship after that last um, after that last podcast, but there's always next week. There's the equipment shit anyway. We should get Bose. 
And if they don't, they can suck on both of these nuts. Is this bike still on? All right, dude. I'll catch you next week. Good night, folks. Critical warning. That's when people review your album and tell, tell you that it's shit. I was, I was cleaning out my shirt cupboard this afternoon because I had a couple of new shirts turn up. And I was like, right, time to get rid of some of these. And as much as it pained me, I sent my Hilltop Hoods shirt to the Vinnies. I was like, I don't really know whether I can count myself as a true believer anymore. And it made me sad, but there you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite stand with this the way I used to. I, I don't know. You can't rot on it with a sharpie. The old stuff, not the new stuff. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like you know liking the new chili pepper. They're not quite in there. They're not quite, no. They're not in the chili pepper zone. I, I I don't actively dislike their music. It's just it's just very sad. Oh, Bezo. Oh no, there it is. Eleven thought. It wasn't showing it as the latest thing. It was showing a single. It's the Emancipator story. It's got a million listens, which is usually a bad sign. I, I think it's a sleeping giant of the electronic music world, Douglas Appling. That's a fucking accountant ass name. Com- more commonly known as Emancipator. Emancipator. He's quietly established himself as a mainstay in the electronic music scene since the release of his debut album, Soon It Will Be Cold Enough, in t- 2006. Classically trained as a penis, I mean, as a violinist from an early age, Appling's Organics replaced. This is basically Adam. Um, <laughs> the electronic music production draws inspiration from a wide range of international cultures and musical genres culminating in a refreshingly authentic brand of electronic music that has infiltrated global consciousness. If I was reviewing this, I would have said your lace summary is too complicated. You need to use language that can be more readable. Run that through to readability and it would come out far too high. And it, it's just – and his artist photo is him with two keyboards and a laptop and an electric guitar just look, with a hat on, just looking like a complete bell housing. So – a sleeping giant of the electronic music world. And he looks like a normal-sized person to me. <laughs> that translates to me as nobody knows who I am in the electronic yes. music I've industry. been doing this for years and no one gives two single fucks. Um, no, he, he, he albums, this might be his seventh studio album, plus live albums and various other bits and pieces. Okay. Mm. I feel bad about it already. <laughs> Well, it's only 43 oh, minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, look, it'll probably be really good background music and, and we'll and, move on to And Dub week. Garden just is a dub band. That should be fun. I'll just do dub. Yeah, look, I'll, dub. I've actually listened to some of the earlier albums of that and, and they're, I find they're pretty good. So, How are you going for Spyro? All right, Doc. I will catch you. Oh, it's got a lady. We can see her boobs. Oh, really? Which Not one's really, that? Kind of. Dub Garden's album. Oh. Uh, uh, they Chermans. It was December 2021. Oh, really? Almost a 2022 album. They don't have a they don't have a bio or anything. So that's fucking useless. Oh, yeah. That is quite provocative, isn't it? No a spiral idea. with Doesn't a little matter. spiral on it. <laughs> Dr. Wind. All right. Cool. I'll catch you next week. Cheers, man. Oh,